everyone today i'm with an artist who just released this is your debut debut album debut yeah. album mm-hmm. it's called hindsight i'm here with Brittany danielle hey thanks for having me of course so did you grow up here in the seattle area yeah the pacific northwest bellingham oh mm-hmm. you grew up in a college town then yeah i grew up in bellingham um for a little while and then came down to the paulsville area okay then Went to school in Eastern Washington and then came back to Seattle. So interesting. Did an all over so Washington like, life tour. <laughs> like after growing up in Bellingham, you probably just didn't want to go to school there then too. That'd be kind of. I thought about it, but the music program wasn't what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I had met Gerald Berthium through my adjudication process in high school, and I really wanted to study with him. And he mm-hmm. was at Washington State University. Cool. I didn't really care about the school specifically. I just wanted to study with Jerry. Nice. So who who is Jerry? I don't know if I know. Gerald Berthium is he's a um, great last name. He's a classical pianist. He's really good. Um, he's now retired, I believe, mm. but he started be being um, a teacher, I believe, at Washington State University, and then was the music director for a little while in my studies with him, and then eventually retired just mm. sometime after I graduated. So he's, you can look him up. He's got a lot of YouTubes and stuff. He's, Hell yeah. Yeah, he's a really amazing pianist. Shout out Jerry. Shout out Dr. B. <laughs> Do you still like stay in contact with him at all? He actually just got on Facebook, which I thought was, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I two of my piano teachers got on Facebook within probably a week of each other. And I was like, ooh, I should probably not be posting. I should go practice. I felt yeah, yeah, yeah. really pressured all of a sudden. Um, I do email with him every once in a while. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. So you're you're classically trained in piano? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, how did that start? It started around seven or eight. Okay. We got a piano from our neighbors. They were moving, and I had expressed interest in playing piano. My sister also had expressed interest, so we both mm-hmm. started at the same time. And yeah, it just kind of went on from there. My teacher at the time, Debbie Florian. Shout out to Debbie. Shout out Debbie. She uh, was a classical teacher so I learned classical through her and then eventually decided I wanted to continue with piano Mm -hmm. through my life and in high school college I started doing more jazz and blues Mm. and then continued more on the jazz blues writing music kind of trajectory right because classical has its limits there's a ceiling to that so what are the different types of piano like when it comes to like genre so there's classical piano and then what are the, I don't know I don't know much about piano well, to be honest with you there's jazz there's funk I mean and then it, it extends into the keyboard region where you're mm-hmm. playing on synthesizers or organs and uh, it it is the same ish skill I would say that I can play an organ right but I wouldn't say I'm an organist there's oh, a different organist. that's a good word yeah there's a different <laughs> technique that's involved and I took a couple of classes in organ and keyboards and synthesizers are also another different, mm. it's like a different animal altogether. So yes, I know how to play on the black and whites, but it's not always the same. It Got takes it. different skills. So what if your neighbor moved, you said they moved, right? And that's they where moved. I got. So what if yeah. they moved and gave you like a, like a trumpet? Do you think you would have 
stuck with the trumpet instead? Or do you think know. there was something about the piano? In there general? was something about the piano. Um, it was specifically, actually, there's specifically, it was the Ray Charles Pepsi commercials that I was Ooh. like, I want to do that. What that guy's doing. He looks so cool in his sunglasses and he's got like this cool vibe. And yeah. so that's what I wanted. Shout out to Pepsi, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they we're doing all the shout outs. So you get the piano, but what make what about classical? Like, is that like when most people start playing piano, is it automatically classical or do, can you start in funk? Or You what? can start in funk. I would say that classical is kind of the normal trajectory mm. because it's already planned out and written Fair. with funk and jazz and blues. There takes a different technique of like understanding chord structure and understanding how to work within that because you're going to be doing solos and improv. Right. So there's a lot more theory involved. It's more feel maybe. Yeah. So classical is a trajectory for people who read like music. So, so you're reading music, you're learning from method books or whatever. And then you get to a point where you're continuing to read music and mostly you have classical stuff. Hmm. So you're pretty like, square then if you just do classical music i think it's pretty square like rigid i guess yeah there's a little bit of like a battle between like the blues classical blues and jazz versus classical right and it's really funny because i think for me they go really well hand in hand because Mm. it rounds off a lot of things so for classical it was good to be able to read like i can read music i can sight read that's a great skill to have but I didn't necessarily understand chord structures and the reasons why we needed to know those things. Mm -hmm. So then when I got to jazz and blues and improv and funk, I was like, oh, now I understand why I've been doing scales all my life. Because now I understand how that fits together versus just reading it off of a page. Yeah, I understand that a little bit. I did clarinet for seven years, so I understand how to read music and improv a little bit. I'd say at least 90% of my guests don't know how to read music. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting that you know how to read it. And like you went to school for it, you said. Yes. Yeah. So that that's pretty, what do, what are we, what's your opinions on like artists not having to like go to school for music or like not even knowing how to read music, like even like guitarists, some of them don't even know, they know the chords maybe, but they kind of sit down and read down. Sure. Read yeah. It. I have students that I've taught that never really wanted to read music, mm-hmm. but it was really important for them to understand that chord structure and how to read at least lead sheets mm-hmm. so that they knew what was going on. Right. And having a basic understanding of where things are on the piano, whether you can read sight read immediately or you, you can kind of figure it out by spacing and reading the spaces is it's um, definitely a skill to have in your pocket, but I don't think that it is a requirement in order to play music. You right. Know? What, if, what about like longevity maybe like you know if because that's a lot of things to like memorize mm-hmm. so what if like you're like in your 60s or something and you're still playing music and you don't know how to read and you kind of forget versus if you're able to like just look at a sheet yeah you know what I mean I think that there's some studies there there are for sure studies about people who play piano and dementia and how mm. it prevents dementia oh so it's along the same lines as my grandma used to do crossword puzzles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that the reading and understanding of that is somewhere, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but there are studies about reading music and being, being able to sight read and play that work the brain the same way as a crossword puzzle does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So I think that's interesting. But honestly, for some people, they just need to know kind of where things are. Mm-hmm. Like if you know where all the C's are on the staff, then you can wiggle your way around. You right. Know? But like if you want to play, I guess that would fall under classical. If you like wanted to play like in a symphony or something, you'd obviously like have to definitely <laughs> need to know how to read music. Yeah. And as a pianist, sight reading is really important for mm. jobs too. Mm. So like I play at churches. Sometimes I pick up substitute jobs mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't know the music right. and I can just play it, oh. make it up sort of because I can sight read. And so that's a really great skill to have for jobs. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Also, maybe if you like, like I've been recently getting into DJing. Yeah. And with that, I can like, I have all my own gear. I know how to DJ. So I can, like, I just had a guest on last weekend and they needed a DJ last minute. And I was mm-hmm. able to do that. So oh, like, cool. if you're able to like read music and then a band's like, oh, we need someone to play the piano. Yeah. Exactly how we have it um, set up. Sure. They can just give you the sheet music. Or I don't know. Do bands have sheet music on stage? Not always. <laughs> no. Uh, there's a lot of ear training that's yeah. involved or, um, like lead sheets or charts or something. Right. So that's why it's important to me to be able to have both of those skills. Right. So when I was teaching, um, I wanted to make sure that my students also had both skills, whether they leaned into one or the other, it didn't really matter, but mm. to be able to sort of figure stuff out because they knew how it worked right. was really important. I think that's important for a lot of people because there was this jazz pianist in college who never read music. He was phenomenal. Mm. He was the most amazing pianist I've probably ever met, but he couldn't read. And so it limited him on certain jobs. He had a great ear so he could figure it out. But when you hand him some sheet music, he was just like, I don't know how to do that. So he ended up working with a teacher who made sure that he knew how to do it, but Mm. whether he was proficient in it or not, didn't really matter. Just, knowing how to right figure it out at some point that construction noise is insane by the way i, would, I don't know <laughs> if it's gonna be picked up by yeah <laughs> the mics but yeah we're at my new studio everyone by the way you're the first uh i had mira craft and i am chamel and matt from mlb on okay um to do like a group thing when they got back from london but the studio was not in the best of shape and that was like almost two april so oh yeah two two months ago Mm -hmm. so but now we're officially about to open so you're the first guest that's something to be proud of i'm very proud so put a little badge on my hell yeah (laughs) so you you're telling you're talking about you said your grandma did um what do you say puzzles crossword crossword puzzles puzzles. yeah have you ever played wordle i did i started playing (laughs) wordle a little bit but um i kind of got bored with the fact that Mm. it was limited to five letters yeah 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 so I think my first word was always like stage or stare. Right, right, right. To try to get the STR and then an A and an E or whatever. And then I kind of was just like. Oh, by like the third. Because it's like how many there's like. So Wordle is like a thing with the New York Times. Yeah. And it's like a word of a day and it gives you like six guesses. And if you get some of the letters right, then like it stays in the jigsaw box or whatever. Yeah, because it's green if it's in the right spot, the right letter in the right spot and then yellow. If it's the right letter, but not in the right spot. Yeah, yeah. And then. And great if you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's get the Wordle sponsorship. I right? didn't know what it was for a long time. I was like, why are these people posting these weird squares on their 
stories and stuff. And yeah, then yeah. I figured it out. But I thought it was an app. Yeah. So I yeah. had downloaded like three or four different apps <laughs> and paid for like two of them. Oh, no. And I didn't know that it was just online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of my friends like gave me the the skinny on it. He was like, oh, it's if you know, you know. And I was like, really? Because I feel like a lot more people yeah, yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not following. It is kind of creepy, though, because like I won't play it for a I also get too competitive sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like I get almost anxious when I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm three boxes and still don't have it. Yeah. I'm just going to give up for the day instead <laughs> of like getting like a wrong for the, like a, uh, an X, I guess for that, that day. Yeah. So I'm like, if yeah. I don't finish it, then I didn't really lose. Maybe yeah. I just got busy or something. Who knows? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, like I'll go like a week or two without playing it, but it still has like my record. So that's kind of crazy. That's oh, like online, some save somewhere that the I can... algorithm has you. Yeah, that's fucking <laughs> craziness. So, yeah, I um would get really frustrated, especially if there was a Y or something in mm -hmm. it, and I'm like, where? How is the Y being used? Is it a vowel? And I would get frustrated, and I would go look it up. Yeah, yeah, cheater, cheater. I know. Oh my gosh. So do you still teach or like you, you kind of used it in the past tense? Yeah. So when the album started coming to fruition, I um, decided I didn't want to teach anymore. Mm. So I've been teaching for 22 years or something. I taught all wow. the way through high school and college. And I've had students grow up and go on and do their own thing and have a couple students who have graduated college already. Like um, I've been it's been part of my life for a very long time. Right. And as the album started being finalized, it was starting to become like the summertime area. And mm -hmm. I really looked at teaching and where I was in this performance aspect of my life. And I decided to retire, retire. Mm. Yeah. I retired. So as soon as summer started coming up, we usually take a break mm -hmm. and I just told them, you know, we've been doing two years on zoom and, Oh, that must have been it's, sucky, huh? It sucked. It worked. Right. But it was really hard for everybody. And I just decided, you know, with driving, I used to drive to their houses. And with the Zoom situation and them being able to access other piano teachers through the Zoom situation. Oh, competition. There was just, not competition, <laughs> maybe, but also just I could give them to other people that I trusted who right. were out of state. So I just said, you know, I'm going to pursue this full time mm. and the performance aspect and booking and all these other things that I had to be online and emailing for right. was taking a toll on the other online Zoom meetings that I was constantly on. Right. So I just decided it was time. So you didn't leave anyone hanging? You, like, you, didn't, you didn't just like fire someone like they all got. I I gave them to oh, I gave them to other teachers yeah okay that's I had fair. them interview with other teachers and um kind of knowing these other teachers personally kind of knew who would fit mm -hmm. the best and some decided to not return to piano but mm. not that many it was like two or three right so you grew up in Bellingham and then you moved to Paulsville how old were you when you lived in Paulsville six or seven oh so you so you, you grew up in Paulsville then. Yeah, I have family that is in Bellingham, so okay. it was very much in between situation. Like my grandparents were living in Bellingham, mm -hmm. my cousins on both sides of my family were in Bellingham, so I would say I never really left Bellingham. Got it. Um, I didn't want to move. That's for sure. Right. It was a big deal because 
I had all these friends I had grown up with and pen pals only go so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, there was a lot of in-between visiting back and forth. And explain where Paulsbo is for people in Seattle who might not know or just people in general. Sure. Paulsbo, Washington is a little Scandinavian town. And it's um, right tucked inside the little peninsula area. It's on the Puget. Is Puget Sound? I guess. I don't know. I don't know geography that well, to be honest. It's um, about 30 minutes away from Kingston, where you can take the Kingston Ferry across. And um, about 45 minutes away from Bainbridge Island. Hmm. You could take the Bainbridge Island Ferry to Seattle. For those of you who don't know what fairies are. <laughs> <laughs> They're magical creatures They're that really float in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or boats, either one. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever. <laughs> and I heard, so you can like go crabbing too at like in Paulsville. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And um, there's like shellfish and yeah. gooey ducks and stuff. I want to know how can you, how can people be allergic to shellfish if they, like how is that? Cause that's just nature. Like how do you, I don't, I still don't really understand how allergies work that well, to be honest with you. <laughs> Me either, but I have them. <laughs> so like, how can you just be allergic to like an animal like that? That's underwater. Like, like yeah. is that so? Like, I guess I kind of understand dogs a little bit or whatever. Dander, like, yeah. I don't know. Again, not a scientist <laughs> here, but it's funny because I have a friend who's allergic to salmon. Oh, but she can eat other fish. <laughs> okay. I just. That's wild. Yeah. So I'm guessing they didn't start with salmon then, because if I if the first fish I ate I was allergic to, I probably wouldn't want to try other. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think she kind of avoids all fish just uh, in case. But ew. according to her and her doctor, <laughs> she's allergic to salmon. You could take allergy tests. Have you seen those? Yeah. Do they just rub salmon? I'm just <laughs> yeah, Just rub salmon on her and just leave it. Leave it on for four days. Don't shower. <laughs> like, they do like pricks or something? I don't yeah, really know. Yeah. I've seen some where it's like all down a person's back. <laughs> oh, and there's just like like a hundred and something pricks all down their back. Oh. You keep this like cellophane on your back so that it, <laughs> I haven't done one yet, but, um, <laughs> is that a bucket list of yours? <laughs> I am allergic to grass. Oh yeah. Really bad. And, uh, sometime, some type of pollen in like the early springtime. Okay. But what about I, this dogwood stuff? Is it dogwood? No, it's cottonwood. Cottonwood. I don't know why mm -hmm. it's dogwood. Dogwood is a tree. Okay. But, so cottonwood is that one that looks like it's snowing everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross when it gets in the puddles too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It gets all up in your car fans. And yeah. Stuff. But it's not, that's not pollen. Yeah. It is pollen? I mean, it's the. But it's a, it's a seed. But it's pollen's a seed though. Mm -hmm. No, pollen's what the bees eat. Pollen <laughs> is. Or whatever they grab from. Okay. Can I, can I cuss on this? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Pollen is the jizz of the trees, basically. So I it's like sap, or sap's just blood of a tree. Blood. So basically, like <laughs> every plant has an egg. Okay. And then the pollen is the fertilizer of the egg. And why do bees? So bees just roll around in jizz in trees. Yeah. Oh. And then they make honey. Then they vomit it up, and then we eat it. Damn. I don't know if I. Okay. I don't know if I want honey. Anymore. But that's why honey, local honey helps with allergies because oh. it's um if you eat local honey, it helps you with like dealing with the local allergies to the pollen. Oh, because okay. Maybe okay, wow. 
Yeah. So the don't morning. buy honey from the store. Buy it from the roadside honey people. Oh, you've done that? Yeah. I don't think I've ever bought and go going to like the Snoqualmie area to yeah, go yeah. hiking. And there's always like the cherries on the side of the road. Yeah. I'm allergic so I'm, to those. Oh, no. Oh, I'm actually not allergic. I'm allergic to the pollen in the cherries. <gasps> I just realized because I'm allergic to cherries, almonds, nectarines, peaches. Summertime Apples. fun. You're allergic to summer? Yeah. it's the, But it's a pollen. And I looked it up because I can have it like if it's a roasted almond, oh. I can have it. Or if it's a cooked apple or like cherry pie. Oh. And it's because it gets cooked out if you actually cook those nuts or fruits. I, I learned about it the, like probably like five months ago because I would just say I'm allergic to cherries, but I'm allergic to the pollen in the cherries, which is a little cooler. I, I don't know if it's cool, <laughs> but... Cherries are life, man. Really? Yeah, they're so good. But like my gums get all numb. Oh, yeah, throat. don't do that. Mm -mm. Like I enjoy the first one, and then after the second one, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah, so. <laughs> EpiPinch. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so so you graduated from Paul's Bow then? No. Okay, so I was oh, homeschooled. Oh. oh. Yeah. Um, oh. So I was going to go to school in Bellingham, but then we moved, and um, I went to kindergarten okay. in in Kitsap County. The kindergarten actually doesn't exist anymore. Oh no. Um it got torn down. Because of COVID or just like... No, I don't I don't actually know why. Um I wonder if schools got shut down. Kind of in a COVID. janky area. There were like three or four fences around the playground and we're told not to talk to the strangers on the other oh, side like of the fence. Yeah. Or drug dealers. I have no idea. Drug dealers to five year olds? Yeah, maybe. I have yeah. I I don't it's, know. It's a rough it's a rough go. Yeah. So <laughs> it got torn down and um I got homeschooled first grade through whatever 15 is. High school? Yeah. Then I went to the local uh, college and got my two-year degree. At like 17? Yeah, 16. Oh. Yeah, I was 16. Wow. Went to Olympic College. Go Trojans, I think. And then, uh, then I got my two-year degree, and then I transferred to Washington State University. Wow, that's kind of so. Do you like do you like that you were homeschooled, or is that like really like weird? Mm. Maybe I think I was probably weird. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. I've acclimated a little, but there's still. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd like to think that, but I think being homeschooled definitely helped with my exploration of music because yeah. I had I had my education, but then I had a lot more time. On my hands. Right. Were you like a crazy pianist? Like, did you play like six hours a day or something? Yeah. Wow. I played piano so hard that my fingers have bled before. Oh, gosh. Do I don't do that anymore. Do you get like arthritis after a while? Oh, I hope not. You pull your hands out. You're like, oh. I hope not. Yeah, I get cortisol shots in my hands. Really? Not now. Not oh. yet. I'm, I just recently broke my finger. Oh. And it's out of a cast finally, but. Let's show it to the camera. I'm kind of. What, what? From finger. playing the piano? Um, no, <laughs> I wish it was cool like that. You should see the other guy. No, it was a table. A table, um, got me an RV table Oh, and it crushed my joint. Uh, did it like go upwards or something or like fold? Yeah, or? it folded out and caught me and it crushed my nail and crushed my, um, oh. my joint. Jeez. So I'm worried about the arthritis in there eventually, but. Do you get like, so, so you, far, you can move all, right. all your hands. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. We'll see. There we go. We'll see. So what how, Like, what did you like? start working like right after you graduated from college? And was um, it like as in music or what was that like? I kept besties. teaching, but 
I started bartending oh. because I was a little bit burnt out and it's really intense, especially like with it. the way that it's um, judged and graded. Mm-hmm. It's really, I have beef with the way that art is um, put in the academic system. I think they at least do it right compared to like, you can have like a football coach who's just like fat and like, has never actually played football. And right. Just coaching it. But like, yeah, maybe the, the teachers definitely are still pianists and at, at Wazoo, they're required to do recitals. Okay. So they're still in their field, but I think that the the grading on the system is a little bit, I disagree with it. Right. Because there's it's one thing to be a, a painter, right? And you want to learn like how to work with acrylics or watercolors. And so you learn how to do that. But at some point, you've got to make your own art. Hmm. So that's kind of where the rubber meets the road for me in this disagreement that I have with academics is yeah, I need to learn how to do the Mozart thing and the Beethoven thing and like the Joplin thing. But at some point, how do I take all of that and make it Mm -hmm. mine? It's a rigid thing you're talking about. Yeah. Versus keeping it in this box of like Beethoven would never do that. And you're like, yeah, have you talked to him? Cause I'm pretty (laughs) sure he's dead. So like, are you sure? Right. Right. So you get graded on that system and it's weird because all you really can do is research the history that we have on these people. Mm. And sometimes it's like their diaries or certain stories or whatever. Mm. And it's not a complete look at them. There's no yeah. way. So um, at some point it's just your interpretation of what you think Chopin felt during that day or whatever. Why isn't it updated though? Why, why is the education system not updated? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a thing about, um, I was talking to another person about this recently about misogyny and racism completely mm. just integrated in that system too, because, um, you're not studying black artists through the classical system mm. and you're not studying women most of the time. Right. Just so guys with wigs and yeah, old dead white guys is what <laughs> I say. So that um kind of limits you there were other people writing in that classical era yeah but these the people that we hold as the greats are our old dead white guys damn but why don't we like i guess kenny g he probably teaches classes or something right so like there's no like <laughs> class that teaches what kenny g did i don't know i'm just right, thinking yeah. about random i mean then there's like i think of that's when you branch out to pop or pop history music history in general and there's jazz history so that's kenny g's more pop i guess yeah jazz uh i guess that's jazz too jazz yeah i guess i need to do more research on that type of (laughs) so let's talk about hindsight real quick sure so how did that come to fruition i had four songs originally it was um nothing fondly liquid drugs i lied three songs i had three songs originally Mm. and i during pandemic wanted to just do an ep and put together an ep and um during that venture with my band i um put together a facebook group for singer songwriters to just continue creating Mm. and while recording my ep it turned into an lp Hmm. So there were seven more songs within like that six months that came out of that song group and also 
while working with the band and finally being back in that community, I was all, all these things came rolling out. So hindsight, the title track was, I decided to name the album hindsight because the song hindsight was more like my pandemic song. Okay. Um, and like an introspective of like the world being so quiet, but other things being so loud, like social justice matters and why is rent so expensive and certain why is gas, so expensive? Why is gas so expensive, all these things that pop up as actually important that get buried in like the regular hustle and bustle of just surviving life, yeah. work, work life balance. So, um, yeah, that's how I ended up naming the album. Well, you got a fan here. I like the music you've released so far. Yay. Thank you. So, why why the wait for the this to be like your first project? You feel like you just had to experience more life and I had a I was in a bunch of other bands for a okay. long time. I played in some jazz bands and big band and I was in uh I was doing uh, a lot of keyboard work and vocal work in other bands and other projects and I was writing slowly on the side, but I didn't think that I had anything I really wanted to write about. Right. Which is never true, but mm-hmm. I think I was so bogged down with other people's work that I didn't have the space for it in my brain. Mm. So once pandemic hit and the band that I was in kind of dissolved because the lead singer moved to San Diego and then we couldn't, none of us could see each other. Right. And um, I was like, you know, let me just go through my my notebooks and see what I've got. And started looking at some of the lyrics and I was thinking one was good idea, Brit, but weird way to write that. And so I kind of rewrote a lot of ideas that I had and put it to music. Yeah. The pandemic gave us a lot of, a lot of time to like sort through things and make things actually happen. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I got to discover what I wanted to say and what my sound was. I think that was another thing holding me back. I was like, What's my sound? What do I sound like? Right. So what is, you have to come back on the podcast, by the way. You're, you're, you're a fun talk. You're a fun <laughs> chat. I don't know. You're a fun conversation. Yeah. Something. What do you say to someone who's a good talker? Just, you're a fun hang, I guess. I great guess, vibes. Great vibes, dog. <laughs> right. We're hip. We're cool. Yeah. So what is, uh, what is some advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers? I would say don't stop. But also, write this is not my advice actually this is from alicia keys write that terrible song and finish it because if you don't finish that terrible song it will show up in your good song Mm. like you got to finish the projects even if it sucks follow it all the way through and then you will get that out of you and make space for the next thing hell yeah what is the easiest way for people to to reach you best way is instagram Brittany Danielle Music, and that's also my band camp. Hell yeah. And the project is out now. Yes, we're going to release this on on Friday. The project is out now. Stream it everywhere or everywhere. Bandcamp, band it's on Amazon Music, iTunes, if iTunes still exists, Apple Music. I guess. And, um, you know, all the streaming services. There we go. Hell yeah. Well, this has been the NAS podcast with... 
Brittany Danielle, thanks for having me. And we did it.